Hello and welcome. I'm Simon. I'm Alexander. We are Needip in Tech, covering the latest from the IT industry with a specific focus on Microsoft and how to get actual value from technology. This is episode 252, recorded on January 16th, 2024. You will be able to find this and our previous episodes on needipintech.com, iTunes, Spotify, and on all podcasting platforms. Haney seems to be misplaced still, which isn't a yep. surprise. True. But uh, I'm very happy to to have Alex here. And uh, like we said in our, in our previous episode, when we started this, we didn't think that we should stand each other for more than one episode. And here we are, 252 or something like that later. Well, we haven't technically managed to 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 um accept each other for 252 episodes. We have two and done 251 episodes. So we might have a falling out this episode. Uh, yes, you're true. Yeah, absolutely. So so we'll see. If we we are still friends doing air quotes, we uh, we might continue to to record. I think your your topic for today's focus segment is is very apt. Yeah. Uh, and I think so. What to do when the worst hits you? And we're not talking about when this episode hits your ears. We're talking about what happens with technology when things fail. And also, how can you train yourself, your users, and your organization to help out when these things happen? Um, because one of the topics that we'll talk about is that when something within IT breaks, I feel and think and experience that for the rest of the organization, it's an IT problem. It's up to IT to solve this. And uh, I think that that is not necessarily the case, at least not to fix the uh, the result of a potential failure. But if, if we look at like our, our respective worlds within, within IT, what are the most common like real incident with business impact? That, that hits organizations and, and might even increase over time. Uh, and I can start by saying like the obvious ones are cyber attacks like ransomware, phishing, social engineering, all of those things. But what comes to your mind? That was pretty much what I was going to say because mm-hmm. there, there are two aspects to it. One is uh, where you have an attack that uh, locks your systems. I've seen it. It is not pretty and it mm-hmm. definitely has consequences on the um, the decision support side, not only the operational side. So BI, mm-hmm. you can't do forecasting, you can't do uh, reporting, and this is going to have interesting effects upstairs at the mm-hmm. C-suite. Maybe yep. even more than if you lose an operational system. Mm-hmm. The other part is losing data. And mm-hmm. these days we are loath to uh, misplace uh, personally identifiable information because mm-hmm. people have opinions on that. So th- those are probably the two things that come up in, in my head immediately. And and what would you say causes either data loss or system downtime? What are the common things that you have seen over your career? Because things have obviously changed. But if you look Actually, at... Actually, they don't. They, 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 they <laughs> really haven't. Because the, the core of the problem is people. It's always going to be people and not by malice. Mm-hmm. I would argue that that 
that party is, is very small when it comes mm. to people on the inside. Hacker attacks, well, that's malice by definition. Yeah. That will always be a challenge. And is the, the more you connect things to uh, public internet, you're mm -hmm. opening yourself up to the potential of more attacks. Um, when I Did, started out, it was rare to have anything connected to the internet. So, mm -hmm. um, which also ironically meant that <laughs> you did not necessarily have more security. Quite often mm -hmm. the opposite. Yeah. I mean, re remember when, when um, firewalls was all the rage. Mm -hmm. I mean, the firewall was the thing. Yeah. But if you managed to get through the firewall, well, you were kind of screwed because then you had uh, people only inside of the wire. Mm -hmm. These days, we are expecting them mm -hmm. to get through the perimeter security. And we are acting yeah. accordingly. So, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the name of episode two, which is the, I think, the oldest episode we have access to? Because we have misplaced episode one. <laughs> I don't. Malicious cleaning lady. Oh, dear. <laughs> Speaking <was> about... <laughs> So 250 episodes later, we revisit the first episode we recorded with Tony, I think. Yep. And, and yep. just to give a very quick uh, recap, <laughs> Malicious Cleaning Lady was something that I observed. It was probably 1998, might have been 1999. I was uh, working in, inside of the, uh, the, um, the data center for a company that I was working for. Mm -hmm. And uh, through the door into this climate control data center comes a, a cleaning lady. She, she's the best. I'm super nice, very, very good at what she did. And she said, hi. And then she took a bucket and a mop and a lot of water and she pulled it out and started cleaning the top of one of the, the, uh, the rack computers, water just <laughs> splashing over the, the, uh, the sides. <laughs> I um, probably have not come quite as close to having a heart attack than I did there. So that's the malicious cleaning lady. Yeah. But this episode is going to focus on what should you do as an individual, as a user, as an organization, when these things happen. And we won't take the example of a kind cleaning lady, which just, who just wants to to clean um as an example but the the um the consequences of that cleaning episode is something we might talk about but before we head into this like you said if something happens to technology it obviously impacts the organization's ability to perform whatever or reach the goals of that organization but but in your opinion who is responsible for ensuring the business continuity when something like this happens? Is it IT? Is it IT or InfoSec? Or what responsibility lies on the, the organization and the business as such? So from a data perspective, I will invoke a ghost. <laughs> I will invoke someone who everybody talks about but never exists in reality. And that is the data <laughs> owner, the data steward. Oh. So I would argue that this is the, the uh, 
the domain of the the business application owner, if you will, mm-hmm. because that has to span both um, cybersecurity, both um, tech side, business side, the whole mm-hmm. nine yards. This is not a technical problem. It has technical components, technical components mm-hmm. as solutions, but it is not a technical problem. And and I in I'm absolutely in agreement. Like IT's responsibility is to do their utmost to ensure that if nothing interferes from the outside, the systems should be up and running for as much time as possible while like fulfilling all of the other goals within IT in terms of security, finances, whatever it might be. IT and InfoSec is responsible for setting those rules to some extent and dependent on how how you divide the responsibilities between them, ensuring that no one from the outside or inside with malicious um, intent, intent, thank you, uh, can impact it in a negative way. But when it comes to business continuity, I'm absolutely in the corner of that's the business point of view. IT can provide like an SLA of we will ensure that if something odd doesn't happen, like a force majeure, then we'll have a 99.9% uptime or whatever you want to call it during business hours or around the clock. But it's up to the organization and the business and each department or application owner or whatever you say to have a plan if the worst happens. How can we continue to run this organization in the most efficient way possible? Uh, even if IT fails us, because IT will fail you for whatever reason. And we'll talk about a couple of them in a in a few minutes. I think that is one aspect. The other aspect is also that the business, together with IT, should have a plan of how do we reinstate the good state? And my favorite example is that, yes, it's great if your healthcare organization have a way of moving from digital journaling to doing that on with payment pen and paper. What you shouldn't forget is that that what you do on pen and paper needs to go back into the digital side at some point. And if you are down for a day or a week or an hour, it's a lot of work that someone has to do once everything is back in order. And I think that is what a lot of people tries to put on IT that IT should never ever fail so that we don't have to invoke our manual procedures Uh, and it's an IT problem if something fails and at the same time they continue to take money from IT to focus on the business and there you have the perfect store what's your thoughts on that I, I I absolutely agree, and thank you for bringing this up, mm-hmm. because going going to a disaster state mm-hmm. is relatively easy and probably very well documented, as you said. Mm-hmm. Going back is not, <laughs> and no. we we are also kind of uh, adding to this from an IT perspective by mm-hmm. l- look at DevOps, look at um, all kinds of of operational automation. Mm-hmm. It's all about item potency, right? 
you should mm -hmm. be able to do something 16 times and it won't matter <laughs> unless you change something, then it matters, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which means that the idea of you being able to do something with idempotency is there, but it mm -hmm. does not necessarily apply when you don't get the <laughs> data from your beautiful uh, GitHub or wherever mm -hmm. it comes. As soon mm -hmm. as you try to shortcut and, and, and jury rig your process, mm -hmm. you're literally up shit creek. Mm -hmm. And and I thought that just to to put some light on on the challenges here and what we should do when the worst happens to us because it will happen at some point. Um, I think that we should just talk about a few various different things that your organization should do, uh, IT should do, and you as an individual should do. So let's take the the, the one that always comes to my mind and that I like I've said it so many times over the last months that all I wanted for Christmas were to be able to speak about something else in terms of security than I've done for the last 10 years because I say the same thing over and over and over again uh, and nothing changes so here we go again what to do when you get ransomware <laughs> when in doubt when in fear run in circles <laughs> scream and shout I think that was three things right <laughs> Fear, run, shout. Yeah, makes now, sense. When in, when in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. So yes, three that's, things. That's a, yeah, okay, good. Run in circles, scream and <laughs> shout. Yeah. That's one option. Uh, the other option, if we start by you as an individual user, if you notice that something happens on your screen that probably will say, you have been hit by ransomware. Please pay this amount to this Bitcoin account and you're you're done. I would say three things that you should do because you shouldn't. That's something I've learned by being a trainer in, in golf, in dance, in everything else. You should never tell someone what they shouldn't do. Uh, so I will tell you what you should do. First, pull out or disconnect the network if you can. That's the only thing you need to do with the computer. Disconnect it from the network and leave it. Second, report it as fast as you possibly can to whichever function in your organization that takes care of these things. Let them handle this. This is especially to you that says that you know IT. Some of you might feel targeted by this. Let someone that knows how to handle these things handle it. Sec or, or third, uh, be calm and wait for instructions on how to proceed. Do not <laughs> do exactly what Alexander said. Uh, run, scream, imagine the worst. Because if you're lucky... You are the first, uh, and then it, things might be better. So on an individual basis, disconnect network if you can. Report the incident as fast as you can. Third, wait for instructions. It's very, very similar to evacuating a building. <laughs> it's almost the same thing. Any thoughts on this? Does it make sense? As an individual user now. It, it, it does. 
um, mm-hmm. for for several reasons. I mean, what what is the what is the number one reason why people fail to report these things? Because they are afraid. That is of, the main reason of getting blamed. Correct. So or being it, the reason for it. Whatever it may be. So having. I'm going to give you another uh, wonderful (laughs) air-related story. So back in the 60s, the 60s, the 50s and the 60s, the Swedish Air Force was the third largest air force in the world. And they were losing multiple pilots and Mm -hmm. airplanes Mm -hmm. each month. People Mm -hmm. were dying left, right, and center because nobody reported any incidents because that was the not the macho thing to do. And then came another commanding general of of the Air Force along, and he said essentially, well, this needs to change, and we need Mm -hmm. to instigate a system of that if you tell someone of an incident, something happened, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it was your fault or not, you could not be blamed for it. Mm -hmm. And that has since uh, transformed everything. If you Mm -hmm. screw up and you tell someone about it, Mm -hmm. you're essentially immune. Of course, if you completely botch something, that's that's a different story. But well, you, you made a mistake. Everybody does that. But if you tell someone, then we can learn from it. So that's why I think it is super important to tell, as you said, kick it up the chain. It's not yeah. your job to sort mm. these things out. And mm. time is of the essence. Yeah. Uh, so you, you are saying that everyone have said that Toyota and all of that invented lean and agile and devops and everything but it was really the swedish air force i'm not sure that they would view it that way but um yeah i'm not wrong no interesting Uh, and that's why we manufactured the world's best fighter jets this episode is sponsored by saab (laughs) protecting what matters i think it is Moving on. So as an IT administrator, what should you do? Well, when you get the report, we have something that looks odd. Hopefully you have already seen it in your security monitoring, but if you haven't, take it seriously instantly. Better be extra cautious and investigate than delaying because it will cause a business impact. In this instance, you do not have time If something is executing somewhere, we are talking minutes in many cases before you can't contain it. Uh, Second, if you feel that you do not know how to handle it, ask for help again. There are experts in this area which have extensive experience on how to handle it. Get their help quickly. Uh, And third... Do practice this, and we'll get back to that later. What happens? What should you do when this starts to uh, starts to execute? And if you have a plan of how can we isolate a part of the network, how can we isolate a system, how can we isolate a user, do that instantly uh, to try at least to contain it. So that's from an IT point so of view. Can I, can I ask yeah. you one thing here? Yep, yeah, sure. Uh, from mm-hmm. an operational standpoint, mm-hmm. 
again, I'm, I'm going to go back to, to flying. They have checklists <laughs> for everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is the, the, the point of a checklist is, well, you can memorize it, but you always mm -hmm. hold it up to make sure that, yep, I've, I've done all yep. the steps. Um, after takeoff checklist, whatever it might be. Yep, yep, yep. The emergency checklist mm -hmm. you should have down in your sleep. I should be able mm -hmm. to wake you up and go, you lost the mm -hmm. engine. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, yep. boom. Mm -hmm. Is there something similar in IT security that you bring out the, the, the red binder, if you will? This is the first thing you do. You call these people. You isolate these parts. You crucify the IT manager, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Is, is that a thing? Do you have something like that? Yes, but in very, very few organizations. Because I do think that we tend to over, overly complicate these things. That instead of having something that is generic, a lot of people want it to be very specific. But if you want it to be very specific, it will be 100 checklists and not one. And I think that mindset it what needs it's what needs to change within IT. That if you get a ransomware, it shouldn't really matter where you get it, on which device or on which server or on which system. You should have the same emergency checklist, and you will have to improvise if something has changed that makes a step not applicable. But then you at least have that step and can document. Why did you change it? What did you do instead? But I think that is the reason why a lot of organizations do not have it, because the instant feedback you would get is, no, you know, we are such a complicated organization, or uh, we could never do that because we have so many different outliers. We, we see this in, in, in flying as well, because mm -hmm. you're, you're concentrating not on the desired outcome you're concentrating nope. on the process exactly. take stalling your yeah. nose is too high your your mm. rpms are too low it doesn't matter the only thing that you need to do is get your speed up period yeah. how you do that mm -hmm. it depends but push yep. the damn nose down mm. then you can start thinking of the the more more um, the yeah. detailed aspects exactly something yeah. similar for for IT sec, please. Absolutely, yeah. And if you look at if you look at the business instead, what should they do? Well, first and foremost, do never ever pay ransomware. Um, there are tons of reasons why you shouldn't. So I will leave it there. It's an episode on its own. All the bad things that happens with that money. Uh, and again, Sweden used to be. I don't think we are anymore. But Sweden used to be the country in the world that were most likely to pay ransomware or ransoms and pay the highest ransoms globally, which is kind of fascinating. But we can talk about Swedish digitalization and where it went wrong. That's a focus segment on its own. That would actually be kind of fun um, to, to like give the world a glimpse of everything that's wrong in Sweden. Uh, a lot of things are good, but some things we could have done better. Never ever pay realize that your part of the organization might not be the most important part. That is the other thing that a lot of organizations lack and which causes havoc when something happens to the entire organization. Because then we get into reptile mode. Everyone wants their server up and running first. 
but that is not the way you uh, recover from a ransomware episode. And third, always inform the authorities that should be informed. And like I've I've unfortunately been in situations where I've had to help organizations to do that. But my like my experience is that you will get a lot of understanding. You will get some support, not practically in Sweden. Uh, you might get that in other countries, but do inform the authorities that needs to be informed, depending on what kind of organization you are and what's happened. Uh, but better be safe than sorry and never try to hide it. There are so many examples of where hiding it have caused even bigger challenges for an organization uh, and where telling the world about what's happened have actually been positive for the organization as such. I think that that is the example we have time to take today um, because we need to to, uh, have some time to tell the world about what we are going to do uh, during uh, H1. But before we we end the focus segment, uh, and I want to get your your thoughts on the topic in in a minute or so as well, uh, we have a a, a line in our notes, how do you prepare? And I do think one other thing that we need to be better at within IT is to practice these things. I do not have insight into the the horrible uh, crash in Japan where two um, planes collided. But what I've heard is that they actually evacuated the entire airline in 90 seconds. Um, True. You're supposed to be able to do that with half of yeah. the exits. And they did that. Yeah. There's eight exits on, on the A350. They managed mm-hmm. to open three of them because of the yeah. engine still spinning on the right side. Yeah. So they didn't open yeah. that. So, yep, well yeah. done. Uh, and what what was the reason for that? They have trained number and number and number of times. They know exactly what to do. And, and I can add to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the captain is uh, the highest ranking officer on the plane, mm-hmm. plane right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The intercom failed. Mm-hmm. So neither the captain, the first officer, or the relief pilot who were in the cockpit mm-hmm. were yeah. able to communicate to the rest of the crew. Yeah. Meaning that the rest of the crew's training kicked in mm-hmm. and they pretty much mm-hmm. sorted everything on their own. So yeah. absolutely, training is key. Yeah, and that is across the entire organization. I know that both you and I remember or have a former customer which actually did this a few times where they actually took down production systems to test what will happen to our entire organization, not just IT, when this happens. But that is kind of the only organization where I have seen that happen. Agreed. So practice, 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 and practice the entire organization and be very clear on the responsibilities for the individual, for IT, and for the, the organization and business as such. What's your thoughts on, on uh, the topic? Anything to add? No. As you said, one of the important aspects to bring home here is people tend to complicate things. Mm-hmm. When the shit hits the fan, not if, when, mm. have a number of steps to to follow. And chief among yeah. them, kick it at the chain. Yeah. Because as soon as you put your head in the sand, you're bye-bye. Yeah. And it, 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 it will never be a better state for you. Never. Because people will always find out. And then you will be the person who didn't say anything. 
Uh, and on that, because uh, you and I and Haney, I assume, will be saying a lot of things during H1 this year. Both me and Haney are going to MVP Summit. We won't be able to talk a lot about that or what happens there, but we will go into MVP Summit, uh, which I look forward to. And I think it's Haney's first in-person MVP Summit, right? It is. Yep. Yep. So that will be a lot of fun. But after MVP Summit, we are going uh, on the road again as a podcast. We are indeed. So we've been invited back to SQL Bits. Mm-hmm. the premier European uh, data conference. And mm-hmm. on the Saturday, the the uh, community day, if you will, the, mm-hmm. the biggest day, we have a slot to record an episode of Native in Tech. Yep. And I cannot wait to do that because we are going to talk about Agile, DevOps, <laughs> Data Ops, and all the other methods. Are they a help or are they a hindrance? And I'm pretty sure that people have uh, opinions on this. Yeah. So we look forward to everyone that are at SQL Bits. You should join if you have, if you want to know more about this or if you have opinions. Absolutely agree. Last time we did it, we had some 15 to 20 people in the audience. Mm-hmm. If we can top that, that would be fantastic. So we're, we're mm-hmm. going to be talking to each other. We are going to have a roving mic and mm-hmm. have as many as, as want to, to join the, the episode. I, it is fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, and and you and Haney will do some other things at SQL Bits also, right? Yep. I have uh, three other sessions, uh, including one uh, full um, pre-con or workshop day. So mm-hmm. super excited to to do Bits. It is going to be very, very uh, exhausting, but it's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. And then I go straight to Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. I, I literally land in Linshipping at, at 5.30 on Sunday yep. night. Mm-hmm. And on Monday at 6, I fly out <laughs> to Schiphol and to Los Angeles yep. and to Las Vegas. to go 6 a.m. 6 a.m., indeed. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, to go to the first uh, Fabric Community Conference where I will be speaking. I'm mm. really looking forward to that. Not looking forward to the trip, but really <laughs> looking forward to uh, going to the new big Microsoft Data Conference. That will be a lot of fun. And uh, I did the same thing uh, just a couple of months ago. I landed at half past five in the afternoon and uh, took off to the US 6 a.m. the morning after. Um, You will survive, but you will never do it again. After that, uh, I'm very happy to be invited back to the Microsoft Endpoint uh, Management Summit, uh, EMEA 2024, in Paris once more. I'm not really certain what I will talk about yet, but uh, I'm uh, announced as a speaker. So I look forward to to be there and uh, see how the conference have evolved since last year because it was a great event. Uh, and to add to that, SQL Bits is between March the 19th to the 23rd. Uh, Fabric Community Conference is which dates? 26th to 28th. And then we have Mem Summit EMEA, uh, April 17th to the 19th. And then I am even more honored and happy to finally be able to speak at the Midwestern Management Summit in the Mall of Americas in Minneapolis. Uh, it's for, for me, that's the, the biggest event you can be at uh, in, in, in my area of technology. So I'm very, very happy to be there and to present together with uh, my former colleague, Jordan Benzing, on uh, AutoPatch. And then we'll see what what else I will do. At, at least one more uh, session will be delivered by me and someone else. And that's between May 5th and 9th. 
And then we have more things to announce. I'm accepted to a couple of other things that I can't talk about now. Uh, I think that's the same for us as a podcast, and I, I guess it's the same thing for uh, for you as well, Alex. Indeed, indeed. So yep. this year is going to be, um, it's, it's already shaping up to be at least as exciting as, as 2023. So yep. um, we are not going to be bored 2024 either. <laughs> no, and we might spend a few hours on airplanes this year as well. And airports. Yes. And on that, um, not not very surprising bombshell, but it is what it is. And we're going to be back in a week. And also, keep an eye out for a special, uh, for a conference coming your way sooner rather than later. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. But until next week, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Need Even Tech. Need Even Tech is a bi-weekly technology podcast hosted by Alexander Arvidsson, Simon Binder, and Heini Hilmaninen. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to be part of an episode, please reach out to us on social media or via email at podcast at needeventech.com. <laughs>